All right, listen, man. I was going to hit it off with the R&B today, but it's not how I'm feeling. Let's do it, man. Numbers up. I had to get my numbers up. Now I got it like they gave it to me. But I took it, they ain't give it to me. She really do, she really do it to me. God knew it for me. Yeah, it really fit. It's a shoeing for me. You been now. I started hooping for the Nike check. Yeah. I play tennis for the Rolex. I be in Miami, never seen a bitch. Doing a lot better, man. She was all on me, had to get her up. I just came to get these women in these fits up. I'm everywhere, I just didn't get no pics up. You was there, shit, you saw me get my shit up. Oh, oh, all you right, all right, all right. Then these niggas Enough with this guy. Let's get it popping, man. Let's get it popping. Episode three, y'all. Episode three, y'all. Welcome to the Suave Sportscast, man. Come on, cheer that up. Yes. Episode three. I'm feeling a lot better than I did last week. Tell you that much. Episode three. I'm your host, DC, aka King Suave. Alright, let's get into that first. How did I come up with the name King Suave? So back, back, back in the day. Me and a couple of friends, I don't know how we got on the subject. We was like, hey, uh, we had like this fascination with Brazil. It was like, a, hey, let's, let's come up with some, some Brazilian names. Uh, I think we're saying his name was uh, Jay Gustavo. Uh, I forgot everybody else's name. My name was uh, Marcos Suave, though, right? So that eventually evolved into... King Suave. I started using King Suave on my like gamer tag, and you know I started going online playing video games with it, and it's kind of just stuck. So every time I associate, I play a lot of sports games. So every time I associate something sports with my name, it's usually just Suave or King Suave now. So, ta-da! Welcome to the Suave Sports Cash, y'all. Cheer it up again. All right, all right. So, I was going to start it off with the Niners, but this week, I think I'm going to do that last. Because I just got done watching the Warriors game. The Warriors won. I don't know what the final score is. I'm recording this as it's ending. Right now, they're, they pretty much eventually on the verge of winning. But we got a couple of things lingering besides this game. Now, if they close this out as they should, they would be on, I believe, a two-game winning streak. Which is you no know, great. But seeing that they've been playing 500 ball for all year. But you got a couple of things lingering right now. You got Bob Myers. Bob Myers is not signed. And it looks like, from what I'm hearing, he may not go past this contract. So, what that tells me is he's. Probably not coming back, and the Warriors are going in a different direction. The Warriors are going in a different direction. If you haven't been paying attention, this don't look like the 2015 Warriors at all. There's glimpses here and there, but you could tell. These, these guys are closer to the end than they are the peak. So, 
I've been saying this every single episode. Every time we talk about the Warriors, I always bring this up. Play the young guys. That goes hand in hand with what I think is happening, which is ushering in into a new era. Now, that doesn't mean Steph Curry's going anywhere. I think you could prolong his career playing the young guys. But as far as Draymond and Clay, they might be gone, bro. You're paying Draymond, I think, $27 million this year. He has a player opt-in. The way this season has gone and with the things that happened before the season started, I don't know if the guy stays. Why would you opt into the situation knowing that Bob's not going to be here? Knowing that they're going in a new direction. They're, they keep getting younger and younger and younger. Even though Steve Kerr's not playing the young guys, which is kind of frustrating me, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, Clay Thompson's getting $46 million. I doubt that they're going to re-up on that. Clay, we all love Clay. Clay's one of the greatest Warriors of all time. But he's not the same guy. Like, he'll have games where he just looks good offensively. But then on the defensive end, he's not quite there. And there will be games where he just takes bad shots, which I don't think they're, that's new. It's just they're not dropping anymore. Not the same lift off the ground. Those leg injuries really did affect him in some way. Maybe not dramatically like, you know, used to back in the day where the guy just wouldn't be the same at all, where he couldn't just play at a professional level anymore. But I think it is affecting him, and I think it's slowing him down. And if that's the case, you're not going to pay him anywhere close to $40 million. If Clay wants max-type money, he's probably not coming back. If he doesn't want $20 million, he's probably not coming back. So we're probably looking at the end of an era, to be honest with you. We're probably looking at the end of an era. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Um, another thing that's been lingering, that's been bothering me, is Jordan Poole's turnover problem. Now, Steph Curry had a similar situation going into his, you know, youth, and the Warriors weren't that good when he first got into the league, but. He had his turnovers. He had a turnover problem. He, he wouldn't, and he still kind of does. He uh, does these crazy passes, left hand passes. Um, tries to anticipate, and sometimes he's wrong. But Jordan Poole is a little bit different, and he just dribbles off his legs. Or to me, it just seems like his body and his mind aren't on the same page. So. That's a problem. I don't know if that's something he can work on or if that's just who he is in the nature of his player, but that's a problem. Um, So you got the core. Core is getting old. You got Jordan Poole having a turnover problem. You're not going to trade Jordan Poole. So everybody that keeps, you know, saying, hey, trade Jordan Poole, trade Jordan Poole, that's not happening. His contract situation makes that like 99.9% impossible to do. So we're we're with Jordan Poole. We're gonna have Jordan Poole all throughout the season. Uh, that's not happening. Um, and I like Jordan Poole. I mean, he's young. Uh, the common theme that I'm seeing with this team and the fans is people are are mistaking inexperience with being trash. Those are two separate things. What you're seeing with a young guy, Jordan Poole, James Wiseman, Moses Moody. You're seeing inexperience. You're not seeing them not being good basketball players. It's just inexperience. And that leads me to this next point, which is 
Steve Kerr's not playing the young boys. He's playing Jonathan Kuminga for good reason. Jonathan Kuminga's athletic. He's starting to understand what his role can be on his team, this particular team. Uh, he's playing defense. They, they're putting him on the best player on the opposing team. So he's he's coming along. Um, but James Wiseman, just the second game in a row, he's back, and he has not got on the floor. Steve Kerr is opting to put in Jermichael Green. No disrespect to Jermichael Green. He's a savvy vet. Perfect, you know, entered a rotation player. He should not be playing over James Wiseman. Anthony Lamb, he, another good player. He two-way player. Any other team, he probably wouldn't have got the opportunity he got with the Warriors, but they started off so slow coming off the bench that he got his chance, and he's actually shining. He's, he's, he's doing well. He should not be playing over James Wiseman or Moses Moody, in my opinion. The Warriors, they're probably going to be 25 and 24 after this game. But as of right now, they're 24 and 24. And in my opinion, you should not be prioritizing playing vets, vets over the young guys. You have lottery picks. You have guys with talent. They need to play. If you're going to lose games anyway, I'd, rather, I'd much rather lose games trying to develop young players than to try to throw out some 30-year-old role player bet and still lose the game. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? But then again, I'm not the coach. I'm not the GM. Just my opinion. I just don't. I think that they're, they're approaching the season. I know what the, the goal was, but the way they've approached this season, it's not turning out the way I think they anticipated. And that's going both ways. They thought the, the, the young players were going to be further along. They weren't. And... They tried to pivot towards the vets. They thought the vets were going to be a little bit more effective than they are. And they're not. They're just not. And the core is not the same. You can't expect the same level of play from the core and have these type of players around where you're just throwing out any type of vets. It's not happening. You got you to get younger. The NBA is getting younger. It's not getting older. You got to play some of the young guys, man. So... I'll keep updating on the Warriors. I mean, the season's just halfway through the season. I don't want to get too far into it, but <sighs> Steve Kerr, man, play the young guys, dude. Play the young guys, man. I just, it's just, it's just so bothersome. And the, the mock trades people are coming up with, boy, you guys, mock trades are really interesting. We're, we're talking like Larry Riley days. Like you guys are coming up with some crazy trades. Let's let's settle down a little bit. Warriors are still in a good position. I'm not panicked right now, but it is a little frustrating to watch, knowing that there's some young talent on the bench that they're just not using because they feel like, oh, we need bets to be on the court so we can win. hasn't hasn't worked thus far. You're 24 and 24. So let's pivot a little bit. If we lose, we lose. But at least the young guys are developing. Like let's give them a chance. So, that's my Warriors take for the homie. Uh, yeah, I, I ain't going too far in the Warriors. It's, it's, it's championship weekend. It's championship weekend, man. Let's talk about the Niners, man. And I might come back to the Warriors at the end, but I don't, I don't feel like talking about them right now. It's, it's been frustrating to watch. I want to see some young boys go out there, fly around, and make mistakes, and, and, and have some, 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 some moments. And It's just not happening. I, I, I don't want to watch Jermichael Green go out there and struggle. To, to put together 10, 15 minutes of, of solid basketball. I don't want to see that. And I don't want to see the Warriors lose 
while he's doing that. I don't want to see Anthony Lamb go out there and kind of just run around and, you know, he's he hustles, but I wouldn't exactly say he's top of the rotation. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. But yeah, let me got let me not get two size tracks. Let's let's talk about first before we talk about the Niners. There's nothing. There's nothing. Sorry. There's another thing. Going online, seeing a lot of talk. I you know that's what I do. I just go online and talk sports. With people. There's people talking about sports is scripted. Now, do I think sports is scripted? No. Do coaches script things that should go? According to the, the players in their scouting board? Yes. It's scripted in that aspect, yes. But why do people think that sports is scripted? Like like a movie. Like it's already predetermined. I think some of that boils down to people betting and people losing bets on like you know, weird last second threes or uh a fumble at the end of the game that turns into a touchdown that swings the the, the 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 spread or the the over under when stuff like that happens I think people say oh this got to be oh this got to be scripted no this makes no sense but what people fail to realize is there is actually people on the other side of what you think is going against you and there's probably quite a few so and you have to like play sports to understand that when you go up against a certain team or particular individuals, you kind of know how the game should go. Coaches have tendencies. Players have tendencies. Um, I mean, there's some leeway here and there, but for the most part, like me being better, I kind of know when I see a number, oh, yeah, that's accurate because of the, the personnel that the players have or the team has, the, the type of coach. If, it, if it's a coach that likes to, like, basketball, for instance, that likes to run, and not really play defense, but score quick, you kind of assume that the over-under is going to go over. Especially if they're playing a team that doesn't play defense. It's, it's like common sense. But somebody will see that and have it go over and be like, oh, this is scripted. There's no way. Or if a team locks down like and buckles in, who, you know, it's not like somebody who can't play defense ends up playing defense. It's just they, you know, they don't do it every game, but this game, particular game, they did. And the score, it goes under when common sense will tell you it goes over. It's not scripted. It's just, just things that happen. Like, I'm pretty sure you've been to an open gym and you see some guy that's hooping that's there every week and he's good. And this one particular game that you play, he's off. And you're guarding and you're like, damn, I'm locking him down. I thought he was going to go off on me. It happens. Not, it's not everything's not perfect. I feel like it would be scripted if everything happened according to plan, which it doesn't. So let's get that out of the way. Sports is not scripted. Stop saying sports is scripted. Just make better bets. Do better research. That's all. That's it. Now, 49ers. 49ers Eagles. Been watching, you know, all the all the networks talk about the 49ers, talk about the Eagles game. I see a lot of them really big up in the Eagles. Oh, the Niners' defense, oh, they, they haven't faced no one like this before. Niners' offense haven't faced anybody like this before. I look at the, 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 the Eagles' D-line, uh, 10 sacks each. And, and oh, they, who, who's going to stop Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and, 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 and all this? You know what I mean? They go back to the Cowboys game. 
Niners scored 19 points. The Cowboys scored 12. A low-scoring game. People see that, especially these, these networks, and say, well, if they only scored 19 against the Cowboys and struggled, Eagles are a better team. They have a better defense. They're going to struggle even more with them. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's not how it works. The two don't correlate with each other. Personnel is different. Schemes are different. With the Cowboys situation, you got to realize that the Cowboys defensive coordinator and Kyle Shanahan used to work exclusively with each other. He was the coach, and Kyle Shanahan was offensive coordinator. They worked with each other. It's some, it's some, it's some history there. You know what I mean? There's chemistry there. So of course, it was like it's going to be like a chess match. That was expected, which is why the over under was so low. You had two defensive teams. Kind of know each other. Played each other last year in a similar situation. And it wasn't going to be a shootout. So going to next week to, to face an Eagles, I don't think the two really align with each other. I don't think they align with each other. So this is a completely different game. This one, in my opinion, should be a little bit more high scoring than the Eagle, uh, Cowboys and Niners game. But... Still a close game, nonetheless. Don't really like how the media is kind of not crediting the Niners defense for being good. All I've heard this whole week is how good the Eagles defense is. When in actuality, the Niners defense is like number one or two in every single category. Eagles defense, they, they have a hole, I would say. They struggle against the run. They're like middle of the pack run. I know they have some injuries on the line, but they're like middle of the pack as far as like rankings go for run defense. And their linebackers are athletic, but not really top linebackers. No one really notable that plays linebacker for the team. So the linebacker assignments, usually they have to guard running backs out the backfield or tight ends. Niners just so happen to have one of the best running backs in the NFL, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. So, boom, there's a weakness. Niners' defense does tend to struggle with scrambling quarterbacks, and Jalen Hurts is one of the best. So they do have something there, but you're talking about running against uh, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Al Shahir Aziz. He's he's very athletic. I don't think this is the, the, the mismatch that the people in the media are trying to portray this to be. I know the Eagles are the favorite. I know they have a really good team, a really good record with Jalen Hurts. They only lost one game. But the fact that the matter is, the Eagles really haven't really faced anyone either. Now, people may point to the NFC East and say, well, that was a division that sent three teams to the playoffs, but... Do we really believe that the Cowboys and the Giants are really that good? They just dogged the, the Giants. Giants struggled all season. No, no one really believed, hey, they can go on a run and go to the Super Bowl. People said that kind of about the Cowboys, but there was doubts because no one really trusted uh, Dak. Now people are saying he shouldn't be the quarterback. So if you're saying this about a team and their quarterback, then did we really have faith in him to be – uh, an elite team that goes to the Super Bowl. Those are the teams that the Eagles faced all year. And we ain't going to even talk about the Commanders. Commanders, average. Average team. They had quarterback issues all year. They were switching quarterbacks 
every like damn near every game. Now I'm exaggerating, but that's what the situation was. They started with Wentz, went to Heineke, went back to Wentz, then went back to Heineke. And the coach didn't even know that he was eliminated from the playoffs. He didn't know he could be eliminated week 17. Come on, bro. What are we talking about? So the Eagles had a pretty cake schedule, too. In my opinion, I looked at the schedule. They had a bunch of teams that did not make the playoffs. Just as much as the Niners did. And the Niners, are, they, they ain't on the winning streak right now. So I'm looking at this game, and I'm thinking, there's, there's no way that people are looking at the Eagles and saying, oh, this is going to be, you know, almost a lock. Damn near a lock. Niners are a good team, but this can't be the Eagles. There's no way you could think that, logically. And I'm not saying that as a fan. I'm just looking at the game and just saying, hey, this is more even than y'all think. And the fact that they're only, I think last time I checked, they were like two and a half favorites over the Niners. I said this before, when the spread is three for a home team, that's a pick em. So really they're saying the Niners have a really good chance to win this game. And betters are smashing that three. They smash that three. Now it's two and a half. It could have changed from the last time I've seen it. But now it's two and a half. So I'm pretty confident. Now, last episode, I predicted this Final Four and also predicted the Chiefs to win and the Niners to win to go to the Super Bowl. My prediction hasn't changed. I know Patrick Mahomes has that high ankle sprain, and, you know, there's been, you know, a big deal made about that and how you can't come back so quick from a high ankle sprain and, you know, cut and move around and run. But I just don't think that's going to hinder him, too. I mean, you could tape that up. You could, you know, numb that up a couple times during the game. Still going on Chiefs, man. This is just hard to think that Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to beat the Chiefs four straight times. It's going to be hard to believe for me. So I'm still leaning. I'm I'm, I'm trusting Andy Reid. I'm trusting Patrick Mahomes. Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. Niners going to the Super Bowl. Niners redeeming themselves, and they you know, finally are champions after, what, 30 years, damn near 30 years, 29 years. Now, people have also debated whether Brock Purdy is the truth. If Jimmy Garoppolo was given more of an opportunity to play with Christian McCaffrey in this offense, would he have done the same thing? I think no. I think no. Now, he was playing great throughout the season. It's probably the best I've seen him play since he got hurt. It was since he first tore his ACL. But from what I've seen at Brock, it's just I've never had this level of confidence in a quarterback to score a touchdown or just drive down the field and not make a mistake and not turn the ball over. That still existed with Jimmy Garoppolo. He, he still had the tendency to have happy feet, have his deer in headlight looks, and Make a throw where you're just like, dude, what did you see? You look at the instant replay and it's kind of like, there was nothing there. <laughs> Why'd you throw that? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't think Jimmy G would be able to do what Brock is doing right now. So moving forward, Brock, Brock Jimmy G's play his last game was an iron. Now, rather he suits up and plays back up for this, like, this game or the Super Bowl, that's yet to be determined. But if if Brock doesn't get hurt, Jimmy's not 
suiting up with the Niners again. That's the last of Jimmy. All right. I've also seen people say Brock Purdy has, can he play in this atmosphere? Can he play with the, the Philly crowd noise? I do not think that matters because he played in Seattle. Seattle is one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. Between them and Arrowhead and Kansas City, Seattle's one of the loudest stadiums. And he, he went there and won. In primetime, mind you. In primetime. Only game on. Every, all eyes on Brock. Went in there and won. On the road. So, I don't think the atmosphere matters. I think what he, what would be new it's not only the pressure of trying to take a team to the Super Bowl, but Philly fans are kind of rude. They're going to say a bunch of shit to him. They're going to you know, talk about his mom, talk about his family. His family goes there, they're probably going to throw food at him if they're sitting in the general public. They better be sitting in the suite because they're going to throw some shit at him. So that is something that he's going to have to you know, get used to and, and work through, but I don't think that matters. I don't think people are trying to make a big deal out of that too. I don't think, I don't think that matters. I don't think that matters. I think he's gonna go in there, do work. Maybe he'll maybe he'll come out nervous because you know somebody was talking some craziness to him. So maybe he'll, maybe he will. I don't know. But from what I've seen of Brock, he's very even kill. I, I rarely see him like smile. <laughs> rarely see him down. Like, he'll get juice throwing a touchdown. I've seen some emotion come out of him, but very even-killed guy. So I don't, I don't think he'll be routed by anything this atmosphere could throw at him. So I put predictions on here. I gave, already gave you guys my predictions. I think the Niners are going to go in there. Let's, let's, let's do a score. Let's do a score. Let's make this fun. I say Niners go in there and win 27-24. I think it's going to be a little, a little bit high, higher scoring. May come down to like a last second field goal, or our Eagles have a chance to drive down the field and they can't do it. Um, Bengals and Chiefs game. I think that one. Let's say thirty-one twenty-four. Let's say that one's a touchdown. I think Patrick Mahomes may he's going to do some magic. He's going to do what he does and going to finally get over that hump and beat the Bengals. Niners go to the Super Bowl face the Chiefs. Niners will win. I'll 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 do more research on it if that actually happens. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. Uh this one pretty short, pretty short podcast today. Pretty short podcast. Gotta get back in the groove. I'm coming off sickness, coming off injury. So we're gonna make this a quick podcast today. But yeah, man. I don't want to go back to the Warriors. But I will say this. I will say this. Warriors are in a good position, decent position. They shouldn't make any trades. If things go like this all the way throughout the season, where they end up like 40, let's say 44 and 38, they get beat in the first round of the playoffs. Bob's probably gone. Draymond's probably gone. And I know people ain't going to want to hear this, but Steve is probably not too far away. I feel like they're ushering in this new era. They're going to want want to run the young guys out there. 
have a coach who can actually develop some of the young players and go from there, man. Go from there. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully we get a little bit more of the you know the core and all the front office, everybody, the family that we know. Hopefully we still get that, but guys, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. All right. So today was a short podcast. It was kind of scrambled. You know, I had some things going on here, but still brought you guys broadcast episode three. Thank you guys for listening. It's going to be another podcast. I'm your host, DC, aka King Suave. And I'm going to end this with a Rasan song. Feeling real RB today. So this is Rasan, Amore, this first single. We're just going to rock out for the end of the episode. Thank you all for joining me. Peace. Oh,